in Genesis 3, the Bible gives us the promise that God will provide us the solution to our problem that we created. And that solution will be the most profound, incredible love story the world has ever known. Welcome to In Grace with Jim Scudder, Jr. He is the senior pastor of Quentin Road Baptist Church in Lake Zurich, Illinois, as well as the author of Why Life Hurts and co-author of Evangelism Made Simple. Welcome back to In Grace. This is Jim Scudder here on this Monday, December 4th. I hope your week has started great, and I hope that your December is going to be wonderful. You usually reserve the whole month of December for Christmas, and I know that uh, it does seem to consume us sometimes, but if we're ever going to be consumed with something, I think the entrance into the world by the Savior is a good thing to be consumed with, so make sure that that's the focal point of your Christmas. Today, we're going to continue a mini-series called Overcoming Worry, Fear, and Insecurity. We'll do that today and tomorrow, and we're going to talk about how you can overcome those three things the greatest way, and that is to be assured of your eternal life. So we're going to get into that in just a few minutes, and I'm excited about that. I'm also excited that we have a brand new video series called Exodus Found. I'll tell you more at the end, but this is a video series that I retrace the steps of the people of Israel from Egypt all the way through the Red Sea, all the way into Mount Sinai. And uh, we went through the route ourselves. We actually went into the Red Sea diving and we're looking for evidence, historical, archeological evidence. And there's a lot of debate on whether or not these even happened. Of course, we know it happened because the Bible says it did. But a lot of people doubt the scriptures. And I wanted to say, okay, look, we're going to go there. We're going to retrace those steps. And I'm going to tell you more at the end how you can watch this powerful four-part video series, Exodus Found. And I also have a free map for you of my journey. On one side is the map. The other side are facts and figures about the Exodus, the archaeology and the scripture surrounding it. So I will send that to you for free. You can actually call us right now to get the Exodus Found map, 1-800-78-GRACE. 1-800-78-GRACE. And now let's go to the message, Overcoming Worry, Fear, and Insecurity. There's a lot of things in this world to worry about. Some of you don't know this, and I'm going to give you a confession. I have some fears of my own. One, I'm afraid of question marks. And I'm not sure what that's called, but I'm afraid to ask. <laughs> I'm also afraid of speed bumps, but I'm slowly getting over that. <laughs> How many things are there to worry about in this world? Oh, there's so many. But then the Bible, Jesus gives us some great advice. He says this, if you want to overcome worry, fear, and insecurity, he says, become as a child. Become as a child why would that help me overcome fears and insecurity and, and worry? Well, children are small, and they know it. And so they trust those that are big in their lives. So in the area of being a child, the area of trust, we must revert back to that as, as adults in order to overcome those things in our life. So last time we talked about how big 
God is and how he is with us and he has promised to, to not leave us. Uh, he, he is a, a God that is great and powerful and mighty. The God that spoke the universe into existence cares about little things like sparrows and lilies and grass. He cares about his creation. How much more does he care about you, his greatest creation by far? You are made in the image of God. So we talked about how big God is last time. Today we're going to talk about the fact that God that is, is all-powerful is also a God that isn't going to leave you. So how to understand this, I think the, the best thing we can do is go back to the beginning. So we're going to go back to the book of Genesis, look at Genesis chapter 2 today, and we're going to start there and talk about how we got into this mess. We got into this mess. We can't get ourselves out of this mess. And so there we have to trust the Lord that uh, he will enable us and help us to get out of the, the mess that we find ourselves in. We're going to use the Word of God today, and I love having a book that is ancient but yet relevant and alive. The book that has all the answers, and that's what makes our church a little bit different than other churches. Uh, we actually believe this. <laughs> you say, no, all churches believe this. Actually, they don't. If they do believe it, they, they're really quiet about it. Uh, we just open it up and say, hey, we can find the answers in this book, and, and we're going we're gonna to find those answers today. So look at Genesis chapter 2 and verse 9. We're going to read about two trees. Out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree, that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life, also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So we have a, a world full of trees. We have a garden full of trees. And we have two trees in particular that are mentioned. One is called the tree of life. The other is called the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Now God had said, you can eat of any of these trees, except for one. You can eat of any of these trees. So we can imagine hundreds and hundreds of trees, all with incredible produce. The best type of, of snack is the one that God provides all wrapped up and ready to go. But we have to take uh, you know, sugar and mix it with chocolate and add nuts. And you know, we have our own little snacks that we've made called candy bars. And, and believe me, I, I like them. But the best is a snack that God created, a food that God created. And, and there they had all of these trees. And they could have just had the most wonderful time exploring and tasting and experiencing all of God's blessings. And what a time it must have been. And that could have been how it was always. Of course, we know that something happened. So in Genesis 2.9, it talks about two trees. In Genesis 2.17, it says, but of the tree of, of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. Now you'd say, why would God do this? Why would God create a tree where they could eat of any of the other trees, including the tree of life, but this one tree, they couldn't eat of it. Well, I think there's several reasons. One, 
The big one is if God hadn't given them a choice to disobey, if he had, if he had just said, do whatever you want, there's nothing off limits. Of course, we know that life would be miserable, right? We know that there has to be limits in life. There have to be boundaries in life, uh, or we are miserable. But more important than that, God created something that would give us the ability to choose to disobey. God created us for fellowship. And the only way that you can truly enjoy someone else is to know that they are willingly wanting to be with you, willingly wanting to enjoy your company, willingly want to love you. Love has to be willing. You, you cannot force love. If you force love, you never really know if you have it or not, right? If someone says, if you order your wife to say, I love you, you tell me I love you, well, then if she says I love you, you would never know if that is volitional, if that's her choice, or if she's doing it because you've demanded it. You can't demand love. So God creates one tree for us to either obey or, or disobey, to, to believe him or disbelieve him, to do what he tells us to do or to rebel against him. What happens? The verse continues, for in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. You know the story. You know what happened. They ate of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And at that very moment, they died spiritually. And they started to die physically. And that's something that we all still are under, that curse, that penalty of the tree in the garden. Now, in order for God to show his love, there's going to be another tree that enters into this equation. So we've messed it up. We've made something so wonderful, something beautiful, something sweet into something bitter. And there's going to be a third tree that's going to enter the scene that's going to take that bitterness away. Also, in Genesis 3, the Bible gives us the promise of a Savior, that, that God will, will provide us the solution to our problem that we created, and that solution will be the most profound, incredible love story the world has ever known. It's really what the Bible is. It's a big love story. People say, no, the Bible, you know, God's a God of vengeance and a God that zaps people and that's not, that's not the God that the Bible speaks of. God is holy and ultimately has to punish sin, has to put down rebellion, or we have what we have today perpetually. As a matter of fact, that's what I want to talk about today because look at the next verse in Genesis 3. In verse 22, the Lord God said, Behold, the man is become as one of us. That doesn't mean man is now God. But in the area of knowledge of good and evil, before they ate of that tree, they were innocent. They, it's, like, it's like your little toddler running around naked. They have no problem with that. As a matter of fact, I think they prefer it. And we, we, we have no concept of that, right? Because we have the knowledge of good and evil. We've been born with that 
taint of sin in our life and there's, there's, there's that knowledge of evil in our mind and so quickly something can devolve into something evil that should be just innocent. Embark on a journey to explore the inspiring story of the Exodus with In Grace. Call now for your free Exodus map, 800-78-GRACE. This map depicts the route of the Israelites during their escape from Egypt. When you give $35 or more, you'll receive the Exodus map and our brand new video series, Exodus Found, where Jim Scudder Jr. retraces the Exodus in Egypt and Saudi Arabia, diving into the Red Sea to uncover evidence of the miraculous crossing. For those giving $250 or more, you will get the complete Exodus package, the map, the video series, and a beautiful, exclusive 16 by 20 canvas print showcasing the miraculous Red Sea crossing. And from now until the end of the year, a generous donor will be doubling all gifts. To get these limited-time exclusive materials, call 800-78-GRACE or visit ingraceradio.com or write to InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. If God had left them in the garden and had left them have access to this tree of life, if they would have taken of that tree of life after they had taken of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, the Bible here says that they would eat of the tree of life and live forever. Why is that bad? Because they would be living perpetually in the sin-cursed world that would be separated from God and his love. So what does God do? Look at verse 24. He drove out the man and placed at the east of the Garden of Eden cherubims and a flaming sword which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. Certainly Adam and Eve must have thought that, that, that God was being vindictive, that God was being harsh, that God would take them out of this garden that he had made, the garden that was their home, the garden that they enjoyed, and kick them out and, and not let them back in. That must have been what they thought. But what seems at first glance to be punishment actually is God's love at work. There's the parable of a mule that was walking along one day, minding his own business, but without watching where he was going, fell into a well. And that mule was down in that well looking up, and, and it was steep and slick, and there's no way, no matter how hard the mule tried, that he was ever going to be able to get out. So he thought, well, I guess this is it. But then he hears the farmer whistling and walking, and he looks up, and he, he can't believe it, so he makes some noise, and the farmer looks down and sees the mule in the well. So the mule thinks to himself, well, this is good. I'm going to get out of this. Surely the farmer's going to run off and get a rope. And the farmer did leave, and he comes back, not with a rope, but with a shovel. And, and, and the mule can't believe what's happening, for the farmer takes the shovel and takes a bunch of dirt and rocks and throws it in, hitting the mule. And the mule must have been so concerned about this. Wait a second, I thought he would, he would get me out and he's just going to bury me? Shovelful after shovelful went in upon this mule, and certainly all of these things hurt that animal. But then the animal started to realize something. If he just shook that dirt off, it would fall down 
and he would step up. Shake it off and step up. And what seemed like punishment, what seemed like cruelty was actually the farmer's wisdom because the farmer knew a rope wasn't going to get that mule out. But this technique, this method was an act of love. And little by little, that mule was able to get up and out of that well. That's exactly what is happening here. And what, what it might be happening in your life, you just don't realize it. You think that God doesn't care. You think that there's no way God would allow this to happen to me. And you have all of these worries and fears and insecurities because you don't understand God's love. What may seem like God's punishment could be actually God's love and action. If God had not kicked them out of the Garden of Eden, they would have eaten of the tree of life and would have been in this sin-cursed state perpetually, eternally. God knows what he's doing. We might not understand it. We probably don't, won't understand it. He's not burying you. He's helping you get out. It's a blessed verse in Jeremiah 29. You probably know this well in verse 11 that says this, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord. The thoughts of the Lord are of peace, not of evil, to give you an expected end. There's a purpose for all of this, but here's what you need to do. You need to Trust him. You need to understand his goodness and his love for you, and you need to be okay with whatever he's doing because you know that what he's doing is for your good. Thoughts of peace and not thoughts of evil. God is a master of turning something bitter into something sweet. I love the story in the Bible, in the book of Ruth, the story of Ruth a young lady from Moab, which was a, uh, a people group outside of Israel. And the book of Ruth starts by telling us about a woman named Naomi. Now, names in the Bible are very important. They're significant because they have meaning. Naomi means pleasantness. Pleasantness. But Naomi, because of a famine, had moved with her husband and sons to Moab. Her husband and sons had died. She had two daughter-in-laws. One came back with her. Her name was Ruth to Bethlehem. But when she moved back to Bethlehem, she asked everyone, don't call me Naomi, don't call me pleasantness. And Ruth 1.20, call me Mara. Mara. What is Mara? Well, Mara means bitterness. For the Almighty hath dealt very bitterly with me. And it did indeed seem like God had taken a lot away from her. He, she was now a widow. She was now impoverished. She no longer had sons. This was very, very bad in the, in the economy of that day. What? Is she going to do? Think of her thoughts. Think of the way that she must have thought, God has abandoned me. God, would, God must not care about me if he was willing to take my husband and sons away. But she did have something. 
I don't think she fully appreciated that something. Well, she had a God who cared about her and loved her. And she also had a daughter-in-law named Ruth, who was an amazing woman. And through a whole set of circumstances that we can't take the time to go through today, but certainly you probably already know it. If you don't know it, it's a very short uh, book. There's only four uh, chapters. Think you could read that? Yeah, you can read that in a few minutes, folks. Sometimes we think the Bible is just so gigantic, we could never possibly read the whole thing. If you sat down and read the Bible from, and just didn't stop, you easily could have it done in, in a, a day or two. No, no one does that, right? But you could, and, and maybe you should one day. Anyways, Ruth, the story is amazing because Ruth ends up meeting a man named Boaz. And Boaz turned out to be a kinsman of Naomi's and now of Ruth's. And Ruth returned in the same condition that Naomi did in Mara, in bitterness. She was impoverished. Basically, that poverty was going to lead to slavery, so she was enslaved. And then she also was, in a sense, dead because she had no children. And in that culture, if you didn't have children, your name wouldn't live on. If you didn't have sons, your name wouldn't live on. But there was a man named Boaz who was a kinsman who could redeem her. And, but you had to find someone that was related, a kinsman, and you also had to find someone that was willing. And fortunately, God's providence was at work. This Boaz was not only just able to redeem her as a kinsman, but he was also willing. And he did redeem her. And he did marry her. And now she's no longer impoverished. She's wealthy. She's no longer in slavery. She's now free. She has all of the blessings of Boaz. Now that's hers. And also Naomi had all of these things as well. And then she also was no longer childless for they had a child. Their child's name was Obed. Obed had a son whose name was Jesse. Jesse had a son whose name was David. We're going to learn more about Naomi. Call me Mara Bitter tomorrow and uh, trusting the Lord and overcoming worry, fear, and insecurity on the Tuesday broadcast of In Grace. And I tell you, Sometimes we can let these things overcome us and overwhelm us and we just feel like so many bad things have happened. Call me bitter, call me Mara. But uh, again, tomorrow we'll learn more about how we can trust the Lord and how he can allow certain things to happen that we can understand and seem so bad and so hurtful that will end up being amazing and sweet. And that's God's specialty. So overcoming worry, fear, and insecurity continues tomorrow. Right before we go, let me remind you that we have a brand new series called Exodus Found. It's a video series. And I have been so upset that people have said the Exodus never really happened. God didn't really part the Red Sea. Oh, yes, he did. And I took a film crew to Egypt and Saudi Arabia, and we retraced the steps of the Exodus. You're not going to believe what we found as we journeyed through the wilderness of Egypt. We went diving in the Red Sea, where I think the crossing happened. We went on to this incredible mountain that's, it looks burnt on the top third called Jebel Allah's, the range, but the actual peak Jebel Makla. And, and 
I am so convinced this is the actual route of the Exodus. Would you get Exodus Found, the video series? Uh, when you give a gift of $35 or more, I'll send you this incredible video, Exodus Found, and I'll send you the Exodus Found map. Now, some of you can't afford 35, and I understand that. Let me give you the map for free. Just call us or go to our website and get the Exodus Found map for free, or for your gift of $35 or more, we'll send you the full length four-part video series and the map for 35 or more. Remember, your gift is going to be doubled during our end of year matching gift challenge. Now, some of you say, hey, I want to give more. I want to give in a big way to Grace at the end of the year. If your gift is $250 or more, I'm going to send you a beautiful canvas print of Moses parting the Red Sea along with the video and the map. Call now for your free Exodus map, 800-78-GRACE. When you give $35 or more, you'll receive the Exodus map and the video series Exodus Found. For gifts of $250 or more, you will also receive a beautiful, exclusive 16 by 20 canvas print showcasing the miraculous Red Sea crossing. Also, a generous donor is matching all gifts until the new year. Call 800-78-GRACE. Visit ingraceradio.com or write to InGrace, P.O. Box 9. Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Thank you for joining us on In Grace Radio with Jim Scudder Jr. In Grace is a member of the Evangelical Council for Financial Accountability. Our goal is to share the light of Jesus to a darkening world, helping you find hope, gain purpose, and be a light. You can be that light today by joining our mission to spread the gospel around the world. Just call us, 800-78-GRACE, or go online, ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Tune in tomorrow as we continue to explore God's Word and His world on InGrace Radio. Radio.